Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Pop the popcorn, put on your comfiest pajamas, and grab a drink, because it's time for a new episode of Sierra Unfiltered. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 21 of Sierra Unfiltered. Woo-woo! We're legal! (laughs) (laughs) Our podcast can now have a drink, although you cannot. Yeah, I can just have tea. And you're not drinking today. I'm not. I have water. What you drinking? I am drinking a nice peach tea. And you're drinking water, so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although our podcast is of drinking age. Uh, Yeah. We are not drinking. I thought you were going to say we are not. I was going to be like, Art, did you hit your head? Or (laughs) both of us are of drinking age. Um, Yeah, so that's our what you drinking. Yeah, we are well into the holiday season now. Well, kind of. It's like Uh, December 3rd as we're filming this. But I feel like it hit me like a truck. Oh, yeah. I'm fully in the swing of things. Yeah, like... I feel like a big truck of like tinsel and scented pine cones and Christmas trees came barreling down the road and I was like Regina George standing there just getting hit by the Christmas tree bus. Oh, absolutely. I bought everyone's presents I need to buy except for one. Oh, wow. Like I... Who is it that you haven't bought? My (laughs) mother-in-law. You know. Well, and I know what she wants, but that's a hard thing when people tell you specifically what they want and then it's like... It doesn't exist, and so then you have to figure out a way to make it exist. <laughs> and, like, not in, like, a crappy DIY way. Yeah, like, you, know? you want to make it good. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'll get it done. I have not done that much holiday shopping. Um, I should have taken better advantage of Cyber Monday. We got mm-hmm. some – we actually got new headphones. We're not wearing them. Yeah. But um, in the next podcast, we will. They're rose gold. They're very pretty. So, we they're won't really have cute. these, like, just kind of clunky – normal person headphones anymore and they're beats yeah which i feel like beats by dre <laughs> makes us hipper <laughs> except not when we do that then me it makes and, it worse me and my grandma sweater saying beats make me hip i mean a mood also it's vlogmas um i'm running my vlog right now which yeah. i'm gonna cut by vlog hi, hi. <laughs> um but it's vlogmas so i am vlogging every day on my vlog channel 25 days of vlogs And this is the first year that I have help editing, Mm -hmm. which is crazy cool. So, like, day one, my editor Rachel edited. Day two, I edited. And then day three today, Carly's going to do the first half and I'll do the second half. That's awesome. So it's nice because I feel like in the past – I, I enjoy Vlogmas because it's fun. It's a fun time of year. It's fun to document everything. And it's fun just, like, that challenge of, like, every day there's a vlog and yeah. it goes up the day after it's filmed. But when – 
life gets busy it's hard knowing that I'm gonna make the choice to put work before like family yeah and like miss things because I have to edit because Mm -hmm. filming vlogmas isn't really hard I just film what I'm doing but it's the editing that if I have to edit it that night but you know my friends are going Christmas caroling or my family's having a movie night and I'm like sorry can't go and it's nice having that help I feel like I mean it's only day three but I think this vlogmas is going to be the most enjoyable for me yay I'm so happy (laughs) to hear that I know when we were having all those discussions back in New York about like you maybe going down to one video a week like vlogmas was a big part of that conversation so I'm happy to hear that it's been healthy and balanced and good and yeah I even saw you like post on the community tab and you were like I'm doing vlogmas and all the top comments were like I'm so excited but also like if you miss a day it's fine I know (laughs) it was so sweet I feel like and that's the encouragement I need of like if I need to do a combo vlog like I can and and it's okay and people understand and also going down to one video a week on my main channel was so helpful oh I'm so glad to hear that because like well and oh sorry no, go ahead. I interrupted you I was gonna say also with vlogmas like as a viewer there are so many videos constantly coming out that I don't even think I would pick up if someone missed today mm. because I feel like I just I watch like okay I'm watching whoever Aspen Ovard and then I'm watching Carrie Dayton and then I'm watching you guys and this person and this person and there are so many creators doing it that it's not like you're the only people doing vlogmas and if you don't do it one day people have no content to watch like people have a ton of content in December the most ever yeah no really um what was I gonna say it's it's just crazy like how much I feel like my life changed when I decided that I was gonna give myself some leeway on like filming and stuff even like we're uh filming a main channel video on Friday Mm -hmm. and so I'm just pre-filming a vlogmas yeah so that I don't have to like play double duty and so it's nice like but if we were doing two videos a week then like I don't want to have like half my vlogmases pre-filmed you know so that's wild we haven't done like a touch base since we've made those changes so i'm yeah. glad to hear that yeah, i'm feeling really good about everything and Aww. we also brought a new member of the team on her name is jessica Woo-hoo! um jessica is in the other room doing a video outline right now um and she is stepping in and taking some stuff off my plate but also taking some stuff off skylar's plate mm-hmm. because skylar is due in two mo- a month and a half yeah eight weeks which wow. is nuts we were trying to figure out, I'm all, does that make me seven months pregnant or eight months pregnant? Because I've already been seven months pregnant. And if you look it up, it's all, you could be seven or eight months. And I'm like, I think these are like objective things. Of yeah. like, if I am 32 weeks pregnant, then I should be X amount of months pregnant. Right. But apparently not. You're, so, a, you're a cusper. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a cusper with my pregnancy. But yeah, it's been super nice having Jessica here. Yeah. It's super fun. You guys have probably heard me talk about her on the podcast. She's, She's like kind of Skylar's, like my Kenzie. Yeah, other so best friend. It's like super fun. And her and I have worked together for years and years in theater. She like has been my associate designer for a ton of stuff. So it's cool because even like when she sends over paperwork, it's like formatted the same as I would have formatted it. And I'm like, this is great for someone taking over some of my responsibilities that they like have the same kind of brain brain wave brain brain things things. (laughs) right now i have pregnancy brain so her brain is working much better than mine (laughs) no no but yeah but super fun yeah it's been cool so the plan is so just to be transparent so you guys know what's Mm -hmm. going on um 
we are going to be still putting out podcasts through the rest of 2019. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to take a two-week hiatus in January of 2020. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take the first two weeks of January off. Just give a little kind of revamp. Then we're going to come back and it's going to be season two. We're going to mm-hmm. do kind of in seasons like that. And Skylar will be in and out yeah. um, based on how she's feeling with pregnancy. And then once the baby gets here, how she's doing with that. And I think the plan is that Steven is going to fill in for her. Which will be really fun. Which will be really fun. And then depending on how she's feeling and how things are with the baby, um, she'll definitely come back. The question yeah. is just like how long we're, t- we're going to take. And I don't want you to feel like pressured at all. Mm-hmm. I know I, of course, understand the viewers understand yeah, like totally. you and your family and your baby are the most important things to yeah. all of us and so mm. it's I know it's like a fun thing that you like doing recording the podcast yeah. but like take as much time as you need that's very sweet I'm excited too because I mean doing this isn't like being in a main channel video like mm-hmm. we literally like wear pajamas and I'm like wearing my glasses today it's very chill and it's just as like sitting and chatting mm-hmm. so I feel like there may come a time where I'm like I really want to get out of the house and just like go talk to my best friend for an hour and a half and like tell you guys everything. So I feel like talking about birth is fun yeah. and all of like the newborn things. I don't know. And I think it's super interesting. So. I, I like it too just for our friendship. It yeah. forces us to just sit down and talk for like two hours a week, <laughs> um, which is I feel like we get to kind of hash out a lot of things that normally might be just a one or two minute passing conversation but it becomes like a full-on podcast i know it's so great uh what other what other life things have been happening is there anything else we want to talk about before we get into the podcast um no i don't think so oh i'm starting to see a dietitian oh i guess my uh uh my my sister's update (laughs) your sister my sister time Sister, sister. Like, do you remember Aww, that? that's uh, cute. Tia and Tamara. Tamara. Yeah. Should we call it sister, sister? I love that. Okay. So my sister, sister update um, is I am starting to see a PCOS dietitian mm-hmm. and I'm very excited about it because she is body positive. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a registered dietitian and certified dietitian and nutritionist. So she's like, ac- she's actually like a certified, yeah. educated nutritionist and dietitian. She's not just like a body positive person, person on who's Instagram like, who's like, yeah. Yeah, like she's she knows her stuff yeah and um she specializes in fertility and specifically pcos that's so awesome so she is working with me on um what foods i should be eating and what foods i should be limiting to try and lessen the effects of pcos which is really great and Mm -hmm. um we had that meeting i don't know if i talked about on the podcast we had that meeting with my um obgyn Mm -hmm. and they kind of gave us like a plan outlined of like what if I'm not pregnant by you know six months 12 months two years the steps that we'll take yeah and I also met with an endocrinologist um which mm-hmm. is a hormone doctor and um they're they are doing some tests on my metabolic rate which is just really mm. interesting to know yeah um and then they also are starting me on a medication so that's so yeah. exciting very proactive I my endocrinologist was like laughing a little bit and she was like yeah, everything that you just said you're doing is what I was going to recommend to you. So, like, just keep doing what you're doing. You're clearly very prepared. Um, and that's great. So <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. Well, and I feel like a lot of times with things like that, being the most prepared and, like, taking proactive measures is 
just also kind of a stress reliever of, you know, you're not just sitting around like twiddling your thumbs. Yeah. You're like, I am actively working on this mm -hmm. and trying to find a solution and I don't know, just going on your own journey. Yeah. So. Do you want to sister, do your bump sister. date? Yeah. Now that sister, sister time is well, done. Well, <laughs> and I actually just realized when we were at lunch, I got a call from Kyle and then you were upstairs, but we found out our move-in date, which <gasps> is, is exciting, uh, December 23rd. Ooh. So I said it's not like, it's not bad news and it's not like the best news. It's like middle news. That's yeah. right in the middle of one we said. Because we said that either it would be December 14th or the 27th. Yeah. So that's like smack dab in the middle. And then Kyle, we found out like a week or two ago that he's actually getting a big holiday break. Which oh, we yeah. thought he was literally just going to have Christmas off. Like not even Christmas Eve. But he gets the 21st through the 1st off. Yay! So that means that we can like actively be working on everything and painting and moving and so i'm real excited and steven and i want to help with anything we can so Aww. if you want us to come over on the 23rd and help you guys move in or if you just want it to be you time that's fine too that's um, so sweet we can come over the next day and bring a uh, sparkling virgin rosé <laughs> um but we're just so excited for you guys Aww, thank you are you that's gonna put so up sweet. a little tree in your house because you're moving in on the 23rd i mean realistically probably not because we'll probably have like people like redoing the floor yeah. and stuff in there so we probably won't move in until yeah. like the 29th i would guess because yeah. we have a decent amount of work that we want to do on the house before we move in and then like while we're moved in before the baby gets there and then like after the baby moves in That's after the, the baby, baby moves, moves in, in. <laughs> um who were we talking to yesterday oh it was when we were we went to a spa day with uh me skylar uh carly and jess yeah. to like celebrate all the success of sierra unfiltered live and someone was like oh what what does your baby do but they meant to say when is your baby due oh. and then we're like he's a doctor you he's know, a tax lawyer he's just, just doing a lot of things he's the tap dancer in my yeah. stomach right now <laughs> i said i'm like we have to put him in gymnastics right away when he comes out because he's crazy child <laughs> but yeah, yeah so that's that's, so that's my update my bump date okay i'm gonna read this off my paper because i want to make sure i'm getting this correctly okay when my baby is born he'll have 300 bones and i'll only have 206 wait what Be happens to his 94 bones so they like he still has to fuse bones together oh. but isn't that weird that like right now I like I have more bones inside of me because of him than I have in my body. Like I have more than double the amount of bones that I normally do. That feels like a high thought. Isn't that so <laughs> weird? <laughs> That's like what my bump dates have turned into. It's just high pregnancy <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> but definitely like not high, just on the record. When we were um, at the spa yesterday, we were talking about how when you're sometimes when you're so relaxed, it almost feels like you're on a drug. Yes. Cause like I was getting a facial at the spa and I literally my eyes were closed, but I was like awake, but I was like dreaming and I was like, is this what it feels like to do drugs? like this is so weird i'm so you're like this is just is that is like it. what pregnancy is is it just like does it just feel like you're doing like you're drug? so relaxed no 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 because like all the weird <laughs> things are happening so you have all I the high thoughts um no <laughs> i wouldn't say i feel so relaxed i feel like i'm on drugs i feel like being uh in that state it's like euphoria yeah i don't know if i would describe pregnancy, pregnancy as euphoria. euphoria it's definitely like magical um, I was going to say it gives you a lot of existential crisis. 
I mean, it's magical. I I love pregnancy. Like I've said many times, I like being pregnant more than I like not being pregnant at this point. Like I just feel like it's so special. Like yeah. it's so weird to think about myself not pregnant. I can't imagine a not pregnant Skylar right now. Like how weird. Like even little things. Like my face is so just like swollen. Really? Of, yeah. Like if you look at pictures of me before I was pregnant, like my ankles and my like fingers and my face have swollen so much. Really? So, I haven't noticed that at all. So like it's just like a weird like I feel like I have a different looking face. So like even my nose has gotten a little bigger of like little things that like you notice. Right. But it'll be weird when I'm not pregnant. Like, I feel like I can I now my brain can like comprehend that like you're gonna have a baby but yeah. I think in my brain like you'll still be pregnant like after the baby's here. <laughs> I'll still just be wearing like chunky sweaters yeah. and maternity leggings and yeah I don't know isn't that weird like I'll be able to drink again yeah and like I'll wear jeans weird weird yeah. me and jeans you haven't worn jeans in a long time I know well because I got maternity jeans and they just like I mean, they're fine. They're, like, comfortable. I've tried, like, a bunch of different brands and different sizes and whatever. But the thing about jeans is I like, like, high-waisted mom jeans. They're, like, kind of, like, vintage and cute. I have never liked low-rise jeans, and they only make low-rise jeans. Mm. I think Khloe Kardashian has in, like, her Good American line a pair of, like, more high-waisted jeans. But then they have, like, elastic side bands. Yeah. So that it's not necessarily... It's not like what you want to wear with, like, a crop top. Yeah. But. (laughs) I feel that. Anyway, so that's my bump date. There are a lot of bones in my body. Lots of bones going on. Yeah. I I have a bone to pick with you. About 300 of them, actually. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Also, are you sweaty? I'm sweaty. Do you want to turn the AC on? No. Because I don't. Carly's in, like, five shirts right now. You're obviously doing fine. But I think I don't it's want you just to be me. hot. I'm fine. I'm just a sweaty pregnant person. <laughs> so I'm sorry if you're watching and you just see me like slowly. It just looks like, like a glow. Oh. Like a pregnant glow. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, but today we're going to be talking about red flags. And yeah. how we found our not red oh, flags. we didn't do our hot takes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wow. I don't know why I feel so out of it. No, you're fine. But it's the pregnancy drug. It's that good, good pregnancy <laughs> drug. Um, do you want to start with your hot take? Okay. So my hot take is kind of a hot take and kind of like a rant. Okay. So people say that if you want hydrated skin to drink more water. Yeah. Everyone in my life can vouch that I drink probably too much water. Yes. Like my pee is only clear. I get up from my desk. Well, I don't know if everyone in your life can vouch that your pee is only They can vouch that I drink a lot of water. Like, I get up from my... Yes, but I don't think the way you phrased that was like, everyone in my life can vouch that my pee is clear. Okay. Everyone in my life can vouch that I frequently get up to pee. Yes. I can vouch that it's always clear. Love that for you. But, like, literally, we were sitting in the office today. I probably got up four or five times to pee, and then another two or three times to refill my water cup. Yeah. Like, I drink a lot of water, mm-hmm. and I have the world's driest skin. Yeah. And I, when I was in for my facial at the spa yesterday, she's like, you don't drink enough water, do you? Your skin's so dry. And I was like, you really want to tell me I don't drink water? You want me to show you my pee? It is crystal clear. I drink so much water. Girl, I can pee right here on this you wanna table. You want to see it? I will prove it to you, lady. Aww. I have the driest skin, especially on my face. My forehead has, like an eternal patch of dry dead skin right here i put like oil serum all this stuff and it helps but i have i'm 
fully, fully committed to that me drinking a lot of water does not affect my skin at all. So that's my hot take. Wow. I mean, I can't really contribute to that. But, I mean, more power to you. You live your truth. Do you have combination skin? Yeah. Yeah. My skin's just, like, pretty even keel. Yeah. Which, and I don't drink a lot of water. So maybe if I drank a lot of water, then I would have, like, oily oily. skin. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know. Um, but my hot take is that email etiquette is very important. Ooh. And what I mean by this is I have gotten numerous business emails that have, like, smiley faces in them, mm-hmm. emoticons that'll say, like, weird phrases or I – don't, I don't know if I've ever gotten an email with profanity in it. But yeah. I know Kyle's gotten emails where people will, like, drop the F-bomb Ooh. in it. And it's like – I get that, like, we also text, and when we text, we text that way, but this is an email, and, like, please don't put a smiley face in your email. See, I get on Steven for that a lot. Not for the smiley faces, but I will occasionally, like, if he'll be like, oh, can you read over this email for me, like, for the Sierra Schulte business? Yeah. And it'll say something like, oopsie, didn't see that, or, like, he'll say things like oopsies, or, like oopsie daisy or things in that realm that are just like really not professional yeah and it's not not professional in that he's like cursing or anything yeah it's just like yeah maybe like to our tax lawyer don't say like oops yeah oopsie daisy like i yeah. i don't have any other examples but they are plentiful the only time i can think of that i've ever done it is like if i'm doing really weird ordering for a video for you like when i sent you you were like i'm thinking maybe like a sexy hagrid and then i like sent you over an entire thing of like and here's the buckbeak toy we'll put on your shoulder i like set it in a professional format and then put like lol yeah and i feel like that's like the extent of me being unprofessional and it's only to you and if it's only kind of an unprofessional professional thing that I'm doing yeah like how funny is our life that I just sent you like a very formal like hey Sierra I hope all is well attached below is sexy Hagrid's costume <laughs> like that's kind of like a lol what is our life you know what bothers me more than anything in professional emails You're and like when you say lol yeah, no 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 and n- Maybe a little bit of tea and shade to people if, that are watching that do this. Um, and this is not to someone that you know. This is like cold email to someone okay. new when they call you babe. And this is a woman-to-woman thing mostly. Yeah. Well, and, I also think that's because you're an influencer and yeah. you get a lot of like inquiries. I'll get a, an email from like a brand rep that's like, hey, babe, love your channel. And I'm like, I, I appreciate this and I do like your product and your company and I'd be interested in working with you. No. And and the babe isn't going to stop me from working with the company. You're like, are you sending the same email to Casey Neistat? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, why, just because I'm a woman, is it okay to call me a pet babe? babe? Yeah, I don't know. I, I've gotten sweetie before too. And I just, Ugh. both of those, I, I, I instantly feel like it starts me on a bad foot. Yeah. And I, like... My manager and the people on my team never address emails to me as, like, sweetie or babe. Yeah. That, that's – and those are people who know me. Like, if you're cold emailing me, don't start it with babe or sweetie. All tea, all shade. <laughs> um, all right. Well, should we get into the topic at hand? Yeah, let's do it. So we are going to be talking about – so one of the questions I get the most is, like, how did you know Steven was the one? Or, like, if you dated guys before Steven, like, how did you know that they weren't right and Steven was? Yeah. And do you get DMs like that, too? Um, not really. Yeah. I don't think so. 
I don't know. I get weird DMs. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of really nice DMs, but I yeah. feel like people don't really ask me that. But I feel like I've been asked that in real life yeah. of like friend to friend. Like, yeah. how did you know? And I see that, I saw that a ton in the comments of the husband cast. Yeah. Of people, and we get that a lot in the advice segments too, of people being like, here's my situation. Like, what do you think? Yeah. And we can't like, evaluate every person's situation i feel like we're both really happy in our relationships absolutely but we both also had uh a, some dating history before that mm-hmm. where we had to make some calls about what wasn't right for us yeah and i think we've also both watched the other person in unhealthy relationships oh for sure and so we're gonna kind of go through like we made a list of what we think are like deal breakers or red flags and mm-hmm. then we're also gonna talk about our own experience with finding our perfect matches and these are all um our opinions yeah so if you're in a relationship of like 10 years and we say something and you're like "Ooh, my partner does that i mean maybe look into it and like evaluate how that makes you feel that they do that to you but also don't be like wow yeah i'm being treated incorrectly because maybe that's your relationship maybe right. that's maybe that works for you but for us these are like big red flags. Yeah, and and no relationship is perfect. We yeah. both are we argue with our spouses from time to time. Like yeah. that's very normal and we don't agree on every single thing. Mm-hmm. Um and it's likely that at one time or another in our current relationships one or more of these things has been true. Yeah. I think it's when there's like multiple 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 of these things or multiple instances of these things. Yeah. Cuz I'm sure there's been a time with one of my ex-boyfriends where I was like oh, like, I don't really want you to have the password to my email or whatever weird thing. But that doesn't mean that as a person, I'm like, you can never look at my phone and you can never. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So I'm excited to get into it. But before we do that, um, I want to say thank you to the sponsor of this podcast, which again is Cash App. Cash App is really, really great. We love them. We're so excited that they're sponsoring the podcast again. Um, So Cash App is a free app that makes it super easy to instantly send money to your friends. So for example, if Skylar and I went to Starbucks this morning, which uh, is an example, but also a true fact, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, we didn't want to have to worry about splitting it up, I can just put it on my card and then she can Cash App me for half. Um, And it's really easy to use. And uh, it also comes with the Cash Card, which is a free debit card that comes with boosts which are like instant rewards for shopping at places that you already love. So you can get really big discounts off your entire purchase at places like DoorDash, Whole Foods, Target, and way more. It is literally like having credit card perks, but all packed in a free debit card. And one of the things that I'm really excited about what we're doing with Cash App is we're also working to support one of our favorite organizations, which is the Trevor Project. So when you sign up with Cash App and use the promo code UNFILTERED, not only will you receive $10, but Cash App is going to donate $10 to the Trevor Project. And they're a really amazing organization that offers support for LGBTQ plus youth. We really love the work they do. They're a great charity. We've both supported them individually. So when Cash App was like, hey, do you have a charity that you want to work with us to support? We were like, Trevor Project. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I just feel like anytime that we can do something charitable, it's just so, so awesome. Yeah, especially with the holiday season. It gives me all the warm fuzzies. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Cash App, for sponsoring and for working with us to support the Trevor Project. Thank you, you guys, for supporting our sponsors. Don't forget to use that promo code UNFILTERED when you download Cash App from the App Store today. 
Thank you, Cash App. Thank I'm really you. excited. I love working with brands that are just so great and so easy and oh, like absolutely. that everyone has a need for. Like, oh yeah. Do you remember when it used to be like splitting up the bill and you'd be like, okay, and we'll add tax and we'll add this. Oh yeah. And then now it's nice. You're just it's, like, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. I feel like, and anytime you feel like you ask a waiter to do it, you just feel like the worst person <laughs> in the world. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, what was on that person's tab? And I don't know. So it's just so convenient and I wonderful. Know. It's so nice. We'll just add, I feel like it used to be like trying to sit there writing everything out. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, we'll take the receipt and cash mm-hmm. up you later. Oh, yeah. Very, very easy. Big fans. Mm-hmm. Um, So do we want to get into the topic at hand? Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of paired like two things together. So maybe do you want me to read one and then you read one? Yeah, I like that. I feel like a lot of these things kind of go hand in hand. Okay. So my first thing is they don't want to put a label on things. And I think that with this, if you've decided, like if you've both decided, we do not want to be monogamous. We just want to see what happens. We want to go with the flow. That's a totally different story. Yeah. But if you guys are acting like you're in a relationship, if you're like going on trips together, if you're meeting their family and they want to be monogamous with you, but they just don't want to like make it official. Yeah. I feel like that's a red flag. And I think also if it's going after a long period of time, because I think it's super normal to have a couple months of lead up before you decide to put a label on things. But I think if if it's been a long period of time, you want to have a label on things. They want you to be monogamous with them, but they're like, "Eh, we don't have to call it anything. Yeah. That's when I think it starts to get like, I don't know about this. I had some things with guys Mm -hmm. when I was in high school and I remember I was having a conversation with my mom and my high school best friend Kendall we were in the car like on the way to school and my mom was like just remember like if after you guys have been starting to talk for a while like if they still don't want to put a label on things there's probably a reason Mm -hmm. so like what is it are they talking to someone else are they embarrassed or is it something more like tame is it that their parents won't let them have a relationship because we're in high school is it that you know, they don't want things to go too fast before they go to college. Is and, and just finding out why because there usually mm-hmm. is a reason. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, it sounds like kind of brash when I say it, but when you're dating someone, there are only like two things that happen. Either you break up or you're like together until you die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's really no other option. Mm-hmm. Whether that includes marriage and like a long-term partnership or I don't know I just I think that either things are going to end and you're no longer going to be together or you're going to be together until one of you dies yeah and so if someone's not wanting to put a label on things then that means that most likely the first is gonna happen and you're gonna like not be together at some point and I think I've had plenty of like quote-unquote things where I knew like I'm not gonna be sitting on a front porch swing with you when I'm 90 like this is just for this week this is just for this moment this is just for a couple months until a big life change happens whatever it may be that is totally fine it's just when people aren't being transparent with you about what they want yeah which I think on the other side of things it's it can be a red flag if they are rushing things too much too quickly and you're not on the same page so Mm -hmm. I think there's a big difference between like you you always hear those love stories of we met and we knew and two months later we were engaged and three months later a baby was on the way and like sometimes that happens and both people are on the same page and it's beautiful and magical 
But I think the red flag is when you are moving at one pace and they're pressuring you to move at a faster pace. Yeah. So if you're, you know, wanting to date casually or even potentially have a more serious relationship but you want to take your time and they're pressuring you to move in with them really quickly or get get engaged engaged or do any of these like let's lock it in right now and you're not ready for that. I think I've seen friends go through that Mm -hmm. and it's – it's hard because you all you want is the best for them yeah you don't want to be the one who's sitting there saying oh well like this is too fast because it doesn't necessarily have to be too fast if you're both on the same page Mm -hmm. but if the one partner is pressuring the other partner and the other partner isn't on board I think that's a red flag well especially I've never heard of someone moving too fast emotionally I've heard Mm -hmm. of people moving too fast with big life changes that are like also financial decisions and also just like overall I don't know big picture decisions of like things like getting married or moving in together quit your job move out of state yeah and I think that those things are a lot harder to take back than like oh he said I love you in the first week and I wasn't quite ready but like I said it anyways like that's also a little bit of a red flag but I feel like what we're talking about here is more logistical of like hey I'm happy in my current living situation and after a month them being like no we need to live together like this is how it has to be yeah but and I think a lot of these things just come down to like being on the same page oh yeah as the partner you know um but the next thing was um if they don't really have any friends or any friend connections and some people are like super gregarious and have a big friend circle and some people have a few close friends and I'm not talking about the difference between that yeah um I think for me it's a red flag when it becomes just you and that person yeah and like no connections it's only about you two um they kind of they maybe don't have a friend circle so they want to cut you out from yours yeah um I went through a relationship like that in high school where the guy I was dating really quickly wanted it was like a guilt thing of like every time I would hang out with my friends it's like well why would you want to be with them over me like yeah and I I choose to be with you over anyone else why would I want to be with anyone else and then I'm like oh I guess I shouldn't have friends yeah and that can I mean that is unhealthy but it can really really quickly get like dangerously unhealthy Mm -hmm. because once you're cut off and you're so reliant on that person it feels like there's no way out well and even on a lighter level if I feel like it's nice to have people to talk things over (laughs) with of I feel like if it's just you and this one person and you guys are fighting and you just only have yourself and the person to talk it over with like you're not really gonna get anywhere I mean obviously you can do like self-reflection and eventually like come to a meeting ground but I feel like it's so helpful to at least have like one friend Mm -hmm. or two friends who you can call up even if that's like your mom or your dad or whoever and just be like hey I just I really want to hang out like I just want to like get a coffee I want to get a beer I want to just take a break and like step outside of this apartment and like have a second where it's not just me and this person all the time yeah but on that same page they don't have a relationship with anyone in their family so I think the preface to this is it's totally okay not to have relationships with certain people in your family or most of your family or whatever because things happen like kids come out as gay and then their parents like 
disown them and obviously like you're not expected to have a relationship with that person of course not. or your parents can be abusive or your parents can be or you could just disagree you could just not like them yeah. but i think not having a relationship with anyone in your family yeah. like no cousin no grandma no no one is just a little bit it makes me think that you potentially like lack empathy yeah. <laughs> that you can't you can't form a relationship with anyone. Well, and it doesn't even have to be blood family. It can yeah. be your found family, your chosen family. But having those people, like, that are forever part of your life, yeah. um, whether that be by blood or by not, I think it kind of comes back to the friend thing where it's like it can become just you and that person, which yeah. is a little scary. <laughs> well, and then they – I mean, I've been with people before where they've really latched on to my family. Mm. Like, I've been in entire relationships. I can I can actually think of two entire relationships where I maybe met their parents once or twice, and oh, wow. they were constantly at my house. Because my parents are, like, very inviting, very warm. I'm super close with my parents and, like, my siblings. And so it felt like they became almost like an additional sibling to the family because they were so close. Yeah. And then it was like, well, why don't why don't you have this relationship with your family? If yeah. there isn't any, like, bad blood there, you just aren't making the effort. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think that, that I don't know. It just, for me, it always comes back to that, like, if especially if it's someone who you want to have a serious relationship with like how do I see us having a family together like with Steven and I it was always like I want us to be a strong I mean not always but once we got engaged and once we were married Mm -hmm. it's like I want us to have a strong marriage and a strong relationship so we can create this very tight-knit family who loves each other and is there for each other and that our kids can be friends and that we can be you know there for our kids um and I think when someone doesn't really value family as much yeah it can sometimes be harder for them to be that own staple in their own future family if you want a family i completely agree um and i think the next thing we want to talk about is people who just cannot take responsibility for their own wrongdoings of this can be people who like will never let you win in a fight (laughs) they just always have to have the last word or this can be kind of like backtracking to the friends and family thing it can be people who are like oh all of my exes are crazy yes that oh like I never did anything wrong in relationships and it's you ask why they broke up and it's like no one cheated no one did this no one did that but like magically my last 10 relationships haven't worked out and none of it's been my fault it's all these crazy women I guarantee because I I had two main relationships before Steven mm-hmm. and I've talked about them before um one of I'm pretty sure one of them would probably not refer to me as like their crazy ex I'd just be like oh that didn't work out yeah the other one I'm pretty confident would refer to me as their crazy ex when I don't think I was like crazy in that relationship in any yeah. way I was a normal teenage girl and then that guy that I was dating who I think would refer to me as his crazy ex would refer to the three girls he dated before me as his crazy ex. Yeah. So to me, it's like, eh, eh, maybe there's a common denominator in all these things that's like not all the girls that you dated. Well, and also at the end of the day, you were an active participant in that relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I, there definitely are people who I've dated who I looked look back on in more of like a fond lens than others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there are definitely a couple people where I'm like, 
you're a good one. It just, like, didn't work out. And yeah. there are other ones where I'm like, eh, we both weren't in a good space at that point. But, but you're not looking on every relationship before Kyle and going, crazy ex-boyfriend, all your yeah. fault, all your fault, all your fault. It's like you were part no. of that relationship, whether it was good or bad. Yeah, no, literally like all the time I'll run that sounds that sounds like a lot to be like all the time I'll run into people I've dated but even like just working in the like kind of theater entertainment community where I grew up like I will run into people that I've dated and it's always great like mm-hmm. we were with someone last weekend two weekends ago and it was wonderful yeah. and professional and we gave Kyle a handshake and it was great yeah look back on that person with nothing but good good feelings um but i think it's the every single person i've ever dated is wrong and crazy that is like a huge red flag yeah because what's different about you right you know right and i think on the other side of that since we're pairing these things together um i think a red flag can be when it seems like they're still looking for closure in a past relationship oh for sure if if they're if if you're the rebound Mm -hmm. you know if they're still I mean because there's a difference between still hurting over a past relationship Mm -hmm. and still like longing for a past relationship it's okay to have emotional scars it's okay to have Mm -hmm. some baggage that you carry from pain from a last relationship I think that's normal but I think it's when that has not been resolved with that person and they're still because I I don't think it's I don't think the problem is talking to your ex or having friendships with your ex I think it's when they're still looking for something with that ex. Well, and also I think just, like, the comparison of, like, when I was with so-and-so, like, we did this this way. Or, like, even just little things of, like, we always used to eat at this restaurant. Let's go eat there. It's like, hmm, are you trying to just, like, imagine that they're... this person. Yeah, like, what is (laughs) happening here? And so I think that even just things like... If you find out that they are, like, constantly looking at that person's social media, even though they, like, aren't friends with them, mm-hmm. that's, like, a huge red flag. Oh, yeah. Um, well, and also this kind of circles back to what we were saying about, like, all these things are personal. And so some people can be friends with their exes, and that's not a red flag at all. Oh, yeah. For me, I think it would be a red flag if someone was super close to one of their, like, long-term exes. Mm -hmm. Like, if someone had dated, like, if Kyle had dated a girl for, like, five years and then still was, like, texting her every day, to me, that would be a red flag. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, we've been at events where Kyle's exes have been there and we're all, like, super cordial in the same circles, but, like, they went to school together or whatever, and that's fine. It's just the constant. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I mean, another thing that I think of that's kind of in the same vein as that of, like, talking to other people, looking for something with someone who's mm-hmm. not you, if you're monogamous, is um, that they refuse to let you, like, not look at their phone or anything yeah. like that. Because I'm not someone who's like, oh, I need access to all your things. But if they're, like, turning their phone screen and texting. Or if you're like, oh, hey, can I, yeah. like, see that thing that I wrote in your notes yesterday? And they're like, let me type in my passcode. If they're, like, closing browser windows whenever you're around. It's those things where it's, like, I don't need access to all your social media. I think that's a little much. Yeah. But, like, if there's a reason that you don't want me to, then, like, what is it? Because, like, I don't need to go digging for things if I trust you. Yeah. And I won't go digging for things. But, like, there, if someone is turning their phone, if someone is always turning down their brightness and then doing it under the table, closing browser windows, shutting their computer, 
very, very secretive, that to me is a red flag. Well, and I think in that same token is people who, once you start dating, are like, I need access to all of these things. Yes. Like, let me, at the end of the day, go through all of your text messages no. with every guy you've texted. Let me have access to your Facebook so I can look through your messages. And, like, that's someone who is actively, first of all, like, not being trustworthy and there are mm-hmm. issues with that but also kind of actively looking for problems yes of i've dated guys who like have looked through my phone before and found text messages that were like completely innocent and but tried to make it into something they put themselves in that headspace of i'm going to find something that's going to upset me and then they were like scrolling back months and months of text messages and then they find something and it's literally nothing but because they were already in that negative headspace Mm -hmm. it becomes a huge thing or when they villainize any sort of friendship or relationship that you have with someone of a gender that you're attracted to Mm -hmm. so like we're both heterosexual women yeah um if i was dating someone and i'm texting a guy from work totally you know yeah normally um and they try to say oh why'd you say that or like trying to villainize very very platonic relationships absolutely that to me not only is uncomfortable and not okay in your relationship but it also makes your relationships with your friends very Mm -hmm. uncomfortable well and it also makes you think like is my platonic friend flirting with me like is there something weird going on here that like i'm just not picking up on like i always think about um my friend zach who i've talked about briefly in the podcast before him and I went to go see a show maybe like a year ago when I was living up in North Hollywood and Kyle was like free and whatever but like decided to stay home because it was like a show that Zach and I wanted to see together Mm -hmm. and so Kyle like walked me out to the car and was like have fun on your day like text (laughs) me and let me know that you guys got there safe and it was just like absolutely like so pure so whatever and then like after the show Zach and I like went out to a bar and like hung out with some of the crew members and Kyle just texted me and was like hey like just making sure you're safe like let me know if you need a ride home and I was like thanks I'm totally good and I got home he was asleep no problems right you know because he knew that he could trust me and he could trust Zach and everything was fine I cannot imagine if that had been any sort of different situation if he would have been like better not touch my wife then you'd be sitting in the car like this is weird like should i not be doing this Kyle's like bye. bye have fun on your day yeah like and so i think it's just i mean obviously that's kind of like an extreme example it doesn't have to be like you going out with a member of the opposite sex mm-hmm. and like having a night without your partner and whatever but even just like texting people or like hanging like having work friends or i don't know even like a lot of steven's closest friends are women yeah he has like a friend group from college and it's like three guys and i think four girls no three guys and two girls mainly i guess Mm -hmm. kind of three and he's way closer now i would say with the girls and the guys yeah and so they text and they hang out and I saw a comment on a vlog a while ago that was like, Sierra, doesn't it make you feel weird that, like, Steven's always hanging out with women? And I'm like, no, because, like, I also have guy friends and, like, it makes no difference to me. Yeah. Like, when I go to New York, I hang out with Jacob one-on-one and, like, yeah. that's not an issue. And so, to me, it would make me feel weird if the person I was with tried to make that weird. Yeah. If they were like, why are you hanging out with Jacob in New York? Like, Absolutely. You, you gonna go see a show? I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. 
Well, and, like, for Kyle, Kyle doesn't have any female friends. Like, he just doesn't. But, like, I would say probably 80% of Kyle's friends are homosexual. Yeah. (laughs) And, like, that's also not an issue. Yeah. Of, like, even, like, in our wedding party, like, literally, like, half the guys were gay Mm -hmm. and then half of them were like your spouse and Jessica's spouse yeah <laughs> like that's just and so I I don't know I feel like that's just like a very controlling thing that's a very common occurrence in relationships yeah I definitely agree um, um what was our next one I think the next one is if you have to justify their behavior um mm. this one's a big one for me and I think that this is something that like you really you really have to watch out for um I think that it kind of depends on what you're justifying and who you're justifying it to. Because I know for me, if I was like justifying, oh, like I'm so sorry that Kyle's late to this. He like got off of work late. Like that's a totally fine thing to justify. But if you're saying like, hey, like, I'm so sorry that Kyle yelled at you. He's in a really bad mood today. Like, that's not okay, you know? And so I think that it is just one of those things where you shouldn't have to be constantly apologizing to your partner. Um, And also you shouldn't have to be acting differently around them or have your friends act differently around them. I think that's a big thing for me too is if – some if a friend of mine is dating someone and they ask me to change my behavior around their partner yeah because they want their partner to think a certain way of me that is a red flag oh yeah because I think in a perfect world everyone even when they first started dating someone would be totally themselves around their new partner yeah but sometimes that's not the case it takes a while to get comfortable there are things that you maybe lie about or stretch the truth about to try and impress them when Steven and I started talking I told him that I wanted to go skydiving because he was going skydiving I do not I never have wanted to go skydiving that was a straight up lie and Steven told me things too you know where he'd be like oh yeah no I actually don't really care about that and it's you know normal sometimes to have those things in relationships when you're starting to get to know each other where then later down the line you're like yeah no you know I was just trying to relate to you on that but I think for me it's when then you also expect your friends or your family to change who they are Mm -hmm. so um Do you have any stories that kind of go with that? (laughs) I think you know that I I have a story about that. (laughs) I was Um, setting you up. I am trying to be very vague because I don't know if this person listens to the podcast. Um, I had a friend recently who, like, we would hang out with all the time. And when we would hang out, like, they would come over and we would drink, like, lots of wine. Like, our whole thing was that, like, we loved rosé. Like, we literally would go wine tasting They would come over maybe, like, once or twice a week. We'd have a wine night. We'd watch, like, a chick flick. Um, And then they started dating someone who didn't drink. And I felt pressured. Like, I was not allowed to drink if we were with that person. Like, I had to pretend like I was just, like, a sober, straight-edged person that I wasn't. It was also a lot of other things. It wasn't just drinking. But specifically, drinking is an easy thing to call out. Of them not being like, hey, when they're around, I'm not going to drink. Like, that also would be, like, a change. But it was them telling me, like, hey... You, you have to change your behavior because I don't want them thinking I'm associated to you when you're being this person. Yeah. I don't know. I just think that anytime you have to ask someone to change or if you have to, like, 
constantly be apologizing for that person. Yeah. That's a huge red flag. Yeah. And I think that kind of comes down to also like controlling behavior mm-hmm. of like with that friend, I, I do think it was just that she made the decision on her own that she wanted to yeah. change to impress him. But I think there – I have seen other relationships of my friends and I've experienced it as well of like them trying to change and control you. Mm-hmm. Trying to monitor what you wear, what you eat, yeah. um, the way that you act, the way that you talk. Um, and I think a lot of the times it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing where you convince yeah. yourself that it's you becoming a better person and that they're just looking out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and a relationship that I was in in high school, um, this person had convinced me that like – these changes were because he cared about me yeah and like he didn't want me doing this this and this because like he knows what's best for me Mm -hmm. and I think at the time I convinced myself that it was like wow we're just growing together and like really evolving and becoming adults this guy is telling me that I need to go to the gym seven times a week and I need to stop eating carbs yeah huh he really just wants me to grow and evolve as a person like no He's being controlling. Yep. He's being objectifying. He's being a lot of things. Like, I think, yeah, I think that controlling can be a lot of different things. But especially early on in a relationship, if that person is already being controlling, yeah. imagine, like, if you have kids with that person. Yeah. Like, how controlling they're going to be over how you raise your kids. Yeah. Or, a big thing I that I see, and, and this isn't always, like, a huge red flag, dump this person right away. But a lot of the time I see men especially trying to dictate whether or not the woman that they're dating wears makeup or not. So that they're like, that guys have this idea of like, women only wear makeup for men. And like, I want you to wear makeup or I don't want you to wear makeup. Steven was telling me that he had, like, Steven is big, like, he loves Reddit. And Steven was telling me that he saw this like, Reddit post that was like, I don't, uh, like, the woman that I'm dating wears so much makeup, and I don't like makeup, and I don't understand, and, like, she has fake nails, and I hate fake nails, and I don't understand why any woman would do this if, like, the man they're with doesn't want them to, and Stephen responded and was like, just a thought, did you ever think about that, like, maybe it's not about you? (laughs) Like, maybe she's not wearing makeup for you, maybe she's, like, not getting acrylic nails for you, like, maybe it's not about you. Yeah. And I think that's something that like is very important for people, especially men in relationships to understand is like maybe everything that I do isn't about you. Oh, totally. Well, and then kind of transitioning off of that, I think the next couple things we want to talk about were things that are red flags if you communicate about them and you're on different pages. Yes. So these aren't just like oh he's like lying a lot these are like if you're on a different page with this thing that might be an issue yeah and if you're both on the same page on one side or the other then that's fine it's when you're on different spectrums one of those things to me is the definition of faithful oh for sure so I think with this when you think of faithful at least for me I think of like like traditional monogamy like are we both on the monogamy train if not that's fine but like let's talk about it and define what our relationship is going to be um but I think within if we're just talking for this conversation within the confines of monogamy Mm -hmm. 
I think some people have different definitions of like, oh, I can like text and call girls and like have very emotionally deep relationships. But as long as I'm like not having sex with them, then I'm being faithful. Or what about dan- like especially in college, like dancing at a party? Yeah. Are you and that person on the same page that like, yeah, it's totally fine if you want to like go and like grind to a rap song with some with another guy? Yeah. Or are you both like, no, that's not okay. Yeah. And I think it's really important to have those conversations, especially mm-hmm. if you're in a long distance relationship. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've heard of that say like they were cheated on, but then when they explain it to me, it seems like the other person wasn't quite on the same page because they weren't trying to hide the cheating. Right. You know what I mean? I think that when I think about like, and I think that, that that can still be being cheated on if you feel like a line was crossed. But if you don't communicate that line, it's kind of a hard thing to make that person out to be the villain. Yeah, I think for me it's like the deceit yeah. of like you both have decided on this line and then one party deceives the other person and crosses that line. Yeah. And for some people that line could just be sex. For some mm-hmm. people it could be kissing. For some people it could be hanging out one-on-one. For some people it could be texting having intimate conversations dancing whatever it is I think it's important to have the same line yeah I mean it's all a spectrum just like everything in life like it's a it's a big spectrum and so making sure that not only that you guys are around the same place on the spectrum but that you're okay with where your partner's at and they're okay with where you're at Mm -hmm. because it's fine if you guys are in a little bit of different places if you communicate that and you're okay with that yeah so I think that's a huge one I also think having very different life plans yes to me this is like the number one reason why my relationships haven't worked out of I think in my last, like, really, my my most serious relationship that wasn't Kyle, this was the number one thing that, like, just ended our relationship, <laughs> was we just wanted different things. And I think that's, like, the hardest, it's the hardest red flag on this list, at least from my perspective, because usually in those situations, you really like the person. And yeah. you're like, this is great for where we're at right now, but... I know that we don't want the same things and so we can't just keep on dating because at some point we're gonna have to break up and like or one of us is gonna have to settle right and it's gonna hurt a lot more to break up five years down the line than it will right now and it's gonna hurt a lot more if one of us has to completely change what we want to make the other person happy like you're never gonna be fulfilled in that and so I think that I don't know. I I think very different life plans can be a multitude of things. It can be like whether your partner ever wants to have kids. Like some people don't want to ever have kids. Some people want to have one kid. Some people want to have like 20 kids. Like just making sure you're around kind of the same place with that of like do they want to move in the future? Are they going to college? Like are are they happy in their career? I know even – people that I'm very close to in my family a huge thing for them was like this person thought that when they got married their partner was going to be doing one thing and they ended up doing a totally different thing because they were young and they like hadn't truly decided what they were going to do as their career like they had a job that they had been doing for a long time they had career aspirations but I think that if you don't know what kind of lifestyle you're gonna live it's really hard to say like I'm okay being with you every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. 
know. Yeah, I agree. I think um, life, and that's why I think communication is so important. Mm-hmm. Having these conversations. And I don't mean like you have to sit down on the first date and be like, so how many kids do you want to have? Do you want to move to Nebraska? <laughs> like you can, you can have those conversations as you go. But I think when you're looking at someone and you're like, is this my perfect person? Is this my forever? Yeah. Like knowing before that, that your life plans match up. Another thing is maturity. Mm-hmm. There's a big gap in maturity. It's going to be harder for you guys to be on the same page. Oh, for sure. I think, I mean, I've kind of experienced that. I I know that you have mm-hmm. of it's really, it's a hard thing to sit down with someone when things are going great and be like, hey, we need to talk. Like, what what are you hoping to get out of this? <laughs> like, where are we going? Because I feel like a lot of times in relationships where these two things are the issues, things are going great yeah. and you really like the person. And so sometimes it's hard to sit down and know like, okay, we're going to have to have a hard conversation. Like, it's not just going to be like silly, silly fun times tonight. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Do you want to speak on this one? Yeah. I mean, I think – especially when you're in your 20s mm-hmm. there's a lot of transition going on yeah some people when they're 20 are fully independent from their parents are living on their own they're in their career they know you know who they are and then some people are getting into their 30s or their late 20s and are still working on that and yeah. still figuring that out and I just think it's so important to not even have to be on the same exact level maturity wise but be working towards the same place yeah and I think for Stephen and I you know we have a three-year age gap and I think that really worked in our favor Mm -hmm. because I am someone who's always been like very immature in like some ways like dumb jokes that I think are funny and stupid things that I say but the reality is like in my actual life I'm pretty mature with like and I always have been on like independence what I want to do knowing exactly who I am and Steven, I think if we had started dating when we were exactly the same age, I don't think we would have been in the same place. Oh, Kyle and I would absolutely not be dating today yeah. if we were the same age. Yeah. Like, Kyle's a couple of years older than me, and he needed those couple of years to be in the same place that I was, of to where we could mesh up and it, it worked. Yeah. And that's like, it's totally fine to be in your mid-20s and and be at the same maturity level as someone in their early 20s or yeah, whatever totally. the gap is. It's okay to be in your 40s and be at the same maturity level as someone in their 30s. But I think it's making sure that you guys are kind of on the same wavelength. I think as someone in my 20s, I've seen a lot of friends go through where like one person will be really independent and be like making all these strides towards their future and their partner will be like living at home with no aspirations to move out and like not going to school or not having like a bigger career goal and so it's really hard it's hard when one person is super motivated and the other is like just chilling yeah because I think two just chilling people work and I think two super motivated people work and then there's kind of like a middle ground you know of of course one person's going to be a little bit more of a go-getter or one person's going to be a little more relaxed but I think that especially in your 20s when some people are having kids at 20 and some people are like out doing keg stands at 20 (laughs) like it's important to make sure that the keg stand guy and the baby girl (laughs) aren't like getting together you know because I mean you can't you can't expect your frat star boyfriend to like want a white picket fence life in six months like that's just not 
Yeah. That's not what it's going to be. But then also, like, you might find an ex-frat star who's, like, 30 and is, like, finally ready for that white picket start. White picket start. White, white picket, picket fence star. life. You know? Uh, no, absolutely. And that's why I think it's more about maturity than age. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Well, and I think kind of in circling back a little bit of just, like, general things that are red flags, I think if your significant part or your significant family members or your, like, important friends don't like your partner and tell you, that is a red flag. I think if they don't say anything, that's, like, a dark pink flag. But if people are telling you to your face, like, hey, I really don't think your partner's right for you, they have some gusto and they know that like there's going to be unnecessary confrontation between you and them but they've decided it's worth it to get that communication yeah i i that's why i think it's always important to like keep counsel of like the people around you who you think are wiser than you yeah um because there are sometimes family and friends who are just judgmental oh yeah and like they're not gonna like the person that you're with no matter what but if there are people in your life who you look up to, who you trust, who you believe have your best interests in in mind, and they are, you know, not angry, but they're just, like, calmly telling you, like, yeah, I don't think this person is right for you. Yeah. I think. Especially if they have reasons. Yeah. <laughs> like, if it's just, like, oh, like, I don't like his sense of humor, that's different than, like, hey, when we were at dinner with you guys, he talked to you this way, and I don't think that's necessarily appropriate. Yeah. Or he did X, Y, and Z, and I don't like that for you. Like, I think 98% of people have your best interests at heart. Yeah. And so, especially if there's someone that you're talking to about your partner in the first place, like, you're willing to accept their good advice, so... I would also say ask the people that you trust the most for their opinion because a lot of the people close to you won't want to hurt your feelings and won't just tell you outright Mm -hmm. but if you ask them then you kind of put them in the position where they're gonna tell you well and then in that same vein just because I know because I had a falling out with someone because of this exact situation if you ask someone for their honest opinion if you sit down and say hey I'm conflicted please tell me your honest thoughts on where I'm at. Expect to get honest thoughts. Like that person shouldn't be rude to you and they shouldn't be condescending to your partner. They should be respectful. But if they are like, oh, okay, well, (laughs) let me tell you my honest thoughts. I think X, Y, and Z. I think they're a nice person. I think they're this, but maybe this doesn't line up or Maybe you guys should go into counseling because you fight a lot. (laughs) Or maybe, you know, don't be like, oh, well, you don't know. Because if you're asking people for their honest opinions, like, that's what you're asking for. So don't expect anything different. Well, and I think it's also important to remember that, like, the people that love you the most just want the best for you. Oh, for sure. I think before you started dating Kyle, you had introduced me to a few people Mm -hmm. and you had asked my opinion and I hope I was never rude, but I think I was always kind of like, they seem really nice, but I'm not sure they're right for you. Yeah. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you started to get a little frustrated with me of like, you don't like anyone I date. Yeah. And like, I, I just knew there was someone better for you and I think I remember you were so nervous to introduce me to Kyle because you were like oh man she's just gonna hate him (laughs) and then I met him and the next day I called you I was like 
I love him for you. Yeah. Like, he's so fun. He's so mm-hmm. nice. He's so this. He's so that. And totally. and I think the problem was not that, like, I had too high of a standard for you. Yeah. But that I I had a standard for you that I knew you deserved. Yeah. And so. No, absolutely. And I think it can be frustrating well, when it feels like your friends are ganging up against your significant other. But, like, I, a guy I dated in high school, my parents were like, he's perfectly nice, but I just don't think he's perfect for you and I was like you just hate me and you don't want me to be in love and then they met Steven and they literally would joke and call him the perfect robot boyfriend because he was like too perfect but it's true like people do have your best interest at heart and I think that also I mean we're talking about like red flags and relationships specifically but I do think that like knowing in your brain what friends you like specifically think are wiser than you on specific things and Mm -hmm. like going to them for counsel on that is one of the most like invaluable things in life like I have specific people that I go to if like I'm frustrated with Kyle I have specific people that I go to if I want like career advice if I want like pregnancy advice if I want all these different things and I think knowing going into those conversations like I regard this person's like opinion and perspective and experiences as like they are more experienced than I am in this sense yes so like anything they say I'll take with a grain of salt but like I will take it you know I'm not gonna like talk to my 13 year old sister and ask her for marriage advice like that's she she's never been married you'll talk to your mom (laughs) you you know and so I think that knowing what friends serve you in like the different categories of your life is an important thing and I think being honest with your friends too when they come to you with that advice yeah but also you know I I think obviously always being compassionate compassionate, and kind and like respectful that they are currently in a relationship with that person right um and that they very well could continue to be in a relationship with that person and you don't want it to be awkward when yep. you show up at their wedding <laughs> and they're like i know that five years ago you said that he was the worst <laughs> yeah but. so i we talked a lot about communication and how important communication is what are your deal breakers or what would Ooh. be your deal breakers okay so i think this is kind of where we're gonna wrap up the podcast because i think this is gonna after this segment of because I think this is very specific to you and I yeah this is like not for everyone like I know there are things on my list that like if we were dating would be a deal breaker that's why we can't date and the reverse (laughs) you know um but these are I think it's important to look internally at you mm -hmm. and decide what things are you not willing to compromise on yeah and I remember when I was in high school my church group had us write out a list of like qualities that we would want in a like partner Mm -hmm. and I remember like half of mine were physical which are so dumb because those are absolutely compromisable or like you're like I want him to have a six pack no it was like I want a guy with like dark brown hair who's like six feet tall and then like that's the equivalent of a six pack well and they were like uh, and then even the personality things were like really absolutely things I can compromise on it would be like likes theater it literally if you looked at that list Stephen probably qualifies for two of those things so I think when you're making your if you're a single (laughs) person and you're making your deal breakers like those should actually be things he's all I have dark brown hair but I'm not over six foot (laughs) (laughs) he's 5'11 but like I think my things at the time were like 
I need someone exactly like me. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that should always be what you're looking for. I think yeah. what you should be looking for is like things that will, that are staples in your life that you need someone to be on the same page about. Mm-hmm. Well, I think with deal breakers, these can be very different person to person. And we actually, like, had this conversation over sushi, like, a couple months ago, and it really, like, made me think about everything, and I'm, like, so glad we had that conversation, and I feel like it's, if I had had that conversation when I was, like, single and looking for a partner, I think it it's just so interesting also just to know what your friend's deal breakers are of, like, because yeah. I think it's really what the most important things to you are. Like, your partner also has to share those. And it's not necessarily, like, interests. Like, I'm not, like, if Kyle didn't like theater, then, like, we would get divorced. Yeah. Because, first of all, like, Kyle's always going to like theater. Like that, And that's also not a deal breaker. That's no. if one day he woke up and was, like, I know I have my degree in it, but I hate the theater. <laughs> I would be like, well, that's a little weird, but cool. I'll just, like, go with Sierra or my mom. <laughs> right. Like, like that is like something that actually would change your life. Yeah. No. So I think mine are if Kyle decided that he wanted to not be a vegetarian anymore. I think if he wanted to be a pescatarian, it would – he was a pescatarian for a while, and I felt like it kind of put, like, a strain on our relationship. And so now that he's, like, fully vegetarian and, like, mostly vegan, I think that if he was, like, I want to eat, like, red meat and, like, I want to have it in our house and I want to whatever – I think that would put a huge strain on our relationship. Um, I don't know if it would be a deal breaker just because, like, I love Kyle so much and we're, like, having a baby together. But I think it would be a huge conversation of, like, why are you making this change and, like, what capacity are you doing it in? Um, I also think that, like, if his political views shifted greatly in the opposite direction from, like, which I hold, that would be a huge deal breaker for me because I'm someone who is, like, very, I'm, I'm, how, how would you describe it? Like, like, I'm very passionate about politics and especially all the, like, social issues that are, I'm trying not to, like, polarize our audience. No, no, no. I, <laughs> but I think for you in who you're dating, yeah, I think it's important for you to align with that person on key issues. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that's how I'd put it. Yeah. Um, and then I also think for me, monogamy is a huge thing. I think if Kyle one day woke up and was like, I want to sleep with other people, I think that I would be heartbroken. <laughs> and I think that... I don't know what I would do. And so I think that, like, those are my three kind of key things that, like, I need in that if they changed, they would not necessarily mean that, like, Kyle and I weren't going to be together, but it would rock my world. Yeah. Of I would need to, like, greatly evaluate, like, what's happening? What do we do from here? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What about you? Um, I think for me, a big thing is um, lining up on religious views. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think for me, again, with not wanting to, like, polarize people, yeah. this is specifically for, like, my partner. Yeah, I mean, I... You're my I'm, best friend. I'm and not Christian. Yeah, you're not a Christian. <laughs> so many of my family and friends are not religious. I have friends of all different religious backgrounds. Yeah. I think for me, it's knowing that I want to raise a family with this person yeah. and that I want to raise my kids in the church. Well, and mine's the same with all of mine of, like, me eating. Like, Stephen eats me, yeah. and I don't have any issue with it. No. It would be the issue of my partner in my home yeah. with our shared finances 
Yeah. Anyway, sorry I interrupted no, you. No, no, no. But, but I think I, that's an important qualification. Yeah. Of, these aren't deal breakers for like friends <laughs> or family or whatever. This is specifically for like your husband yeah. or your spouse or life partner. I think for me, it was always really important for them to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, to have a relationship with God, to believe that like Jesus died for their sins and is their Lord and Savior. And that to me is and was a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, and I tried to be very open-minded when I was dating in high school and college because everyone's religious beliefs are always changing, especially yeah. in your teens and 20s. Um, but that was always something that was really important to me and that I always tried to be very upfront about of like, hey, this is very important to me mm-hmm. and like this is, I think, always going to be an important thing in my life. Yeah. Um, also wanting to have kids. Mm-hmm. I I want to be a mom. If tomorrow Stephen decided like, I don't want to have kids. I don't think we would like divorce over it, but I think it would be like one of the hardest things. Yeah. Um, and well, and that's having kids in any capacity. That's yeah. if he he's not saying like, hey, I think you would probably, I mean, I don't want to speak for you. If tomorrow he was like, hey, I want to like stop trying and I want to like take a couple months for the just the two of us oh, and whatever. Yeah. I think we're talking about if he was like, never ever in my life do I want to adopt, do I want to have any sort of kids. Right. Yeah, I think that to me is like very important. And then the third thing um, is limiting me. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of vague, but this was always a big thing for me is like, Stephen has always encouraged me to like live my dreams, no matter what that means. Yeah. So like if I tomorrow decided I didn't want to do YouTube anymore and I wanted to be a stay-at-home wife I think it would be hard but I think he'd be on board yeah if I tomorrow decided that I wanted to quit YouTube and go work a nine-to-five job or finish my teaching degree he would be on board and if when I decided I wanted to do YouTube full-time he was on board and I think for me that is the biggest thing of like especially when I was dating and figuring things out is like I think it's a red flag if someone just has their life plan and finds a way to nicely, neatly fit you into mm-hmm. a box that works for them. And it's not about looking at your two life plans and making them one. Yeah. And Steven was always so, so great about that, which is like one of the most attractive things about him is that he has always been like, you have, I want you to have your life and mm-hmm. I want me to have my life and I want them to mesh together. He was never like, I want to work a nine-to-five job as an engineer and so you're going to be my little stay-at-home wife and I'm going to put you in this box and that's what you're going to do. He never did that to me. And even in the other realm, he was never like, you have to work and have to do this. Like, it has always been like, let's both achieve our dreams and find a way to make them work together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a great place to end that. Do we want to do some advice? Yeah, let's do it. We haven't done advice in a couple weeks and people I think are sad about it. So. I know. I I love doing advice but it's sometimes like because we talk for so long. How long is it? I know. I don't even know. Already an hour and 20 minutes and so like this is fine to do advice after an hour and 20 minutes but sometimes when it's been like two hours I'm like. We're like is anyone listening? (laughs) I'm sure my comments are like yes I am listening. Should we do another (laughs) secret emoji thing? Oh my gosh. Yes but we cannot do one like the SOS one because I forgot that we had done that and then I just got like a hundred messages that were like SOS SOS with no context and you were like what I was like is Sierra hacked like what's going on so we have to do like what's the nicest what's like a friendly emoji opening up my recent emojis well it is Christmas so maybe we should do okay 
Let's do... <laughs> we could do like a Santa Claus. Yeah. Or we could do like one of the family emojis. Ooh. Like you could send a family emoji that's like me and Sierra and then you. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of fun. Okay, yeah. Do that. Do, just send the family emoji of like the two moms and, and then, then like, like a boy or a girl. A girl. Or, yeah. I think those are the only two options. Yeah. So. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Send us your family emoji of Yay, how you're listening to you're it our us. little podcast fam. Yes. I love that. That's Aww. so cute. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, Carly, do you want to do the first question? Hi, Sarah and Skylar. Hi. First off, I just wanted to say I absolutely love you guys. and I love listening to you guys every week. Second, I just wanted to ask, I am celebrating my one year anniversary here coming up soon. And I just wanted to know what you guys did to celebrate your one-year anniversary or what kind of gifts did you get your husband or anything like that. It would be super helpful. Thank Aww. you so much. Bye. That Congratulations. So yeah. Woo-woo. That's awesome. I don't remember what we did on our one-year anniversary. Do you remember I remember what we did. What we did? Um, so Stephen and I had been planning. We wanted to do like a trip. We were like, oh, yeah, we'll go on a trip. We'll do this and that. And then – we really started to think about it we're like you know what I really want to do for our one year get a bottle of wine get some dinner and have like a movie night with just the two of us and we Mm. sent the dogs over to my parents house so it's like send the kids off to grandma's and we just had a night with the two of us at home in our comfy clothes and we Mm. went back and watched our wedding video and looked through our wedding photos and then we also had a bottle of wine that had been saved from our wedding like uh from our venue and so we opened that up. And it was... That's so sweet. To me, it was better than any trip we could have taken. It was so great. Mm, I love wow, that. I'm becoming like a softie. Like, who am I? <laughs> I keep saying like weird, cute things about I Steven. love it. Oh. I'm very into it. I have pregnancy brain and I do not remember what we did on March 24th of this last year. I do. Year. You were in London. Oh! <laughs> right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's hard because my birthday is March 19th, and then our anniversary is March 24th, and then Kyle's birthday is, oh God, is it April 6th or April 8th? I think it's <gasps> April 8th, right? I think so. Oh no, Kyle's going to listen to this and be Kyle. like, my wife doesn't know what, I promise, I don't even remember, <laughs> I don't even remember that we went to London this year, so my brain is just not here right now. I've- but it wasn't this year, right? Oh, wait, yeah, it was. It was 2019. What? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, yes, my God. Because you got married in, in 2018. I'm sorry. Did I get married in 2018? I don't know anything. Yes, you did. I have two brains in me, but I've never <laughs> been so dumb. I just, I really, I really cannot remember things lately. Yeah, it's you got really married in, in March of 2018 because I got married in August of 2017. Wow. So, yes. So, on your one-year anniversary, yes. you were in London. Yeah. So that's what we did. I'm guessing we probably saw some theater. We probably ate some food, drank some water, and like probably alcohol. <laughs> I think too, uh, I think anniversaries are like as special as you make them yeah. too. I think that like it's really, really fun to, if, if you're going to do one thing, I would say watch your wedding video because mm-hmm. I, I think it's really fun to like reflect. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I say just do something that feels true to you guys. Like, yeah. it whatever makes you guys the happiest. It doesn't have to be some grand gesture. Or it can be if that's what you like to do. My parents follow the, like, I, the like anniversary gift guide every year, which oh, is, so like. It's like a paper gift. Yeah, it's like paper, gold, uh, like, 
one year it was like silver and so my mom got him like silverware like they follow that thing every year interesting steven and i don't do that we don't really do gifts yeah for anything but christmas so yeah, yeah. but it was magical mm-hmm. i hope you have a good anniversary congratulations hey sierra hi um hi. recently i've just been not having a lot of friends and it's kind mm-hmm. of hard because sometimes you just need somebody to talk to and i I'm not that close with a lot of people. I don't know. If you could just give me some advice on how to just be happy sometimes. Mm. P.S. I love you. Thank you for inspiring me. Oh, my gosh. My my heart goes out to you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You sound like such a sweetie. I just want to give you a big hug. Aw. I think, like, practical advice is, I would say, join clubs. It's, I mean, I don't know. It sounds like you're in high school or middle school or college. It sounds like you're the age of someone who's in school. Um, I would say join all the clubs. I was talking to my sister the other day about all the clubs that she's in. And she's like, I'm in the, like, Save the Turtles Club. And I'm in the Beach Cleanup Club. And I'm in the, like, LGBT Alliance Club. And I'm in the, like, Gay Straight Alliance Club. And, like, I feel like there are so many clubs now, like, you can join, like, the Star Wars Club. You could join Drama Club. Like, I just feel like if if you – I feel like sitting with people at lunch, if you're sitting by yourself, that can feel like such an isolating thing on top of, like, having weekends alone or whatever. But if you can fill up your time and, like, meet people who have similar interests to you who also are looking to hang out with people, I feel like that's kind of the key. I agree. I love that. I think that's so important. And it's so hard to just like go up to someone and be like, hi, like, how are you? And introduce yourself. Like, that is always hard no matter how old you are. But when you're in a situation where you're supposed to talk to people and you're everyone's kind of new to getting Mm -hmm. to know each other, it's so much easier. And I think clubs are and teams and, and extracurriculars are a great way to do that. Absolutely. Well, and even if you don't end up hanging out with those people outside of that designated time, at least you're with them for that designated time. Yeah. But yeah. Aww, we I love you. We love you. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Um, Hi. I have a question, kind of more aimed towards Skylar, but you know, Ooh. anyone's opinions are always welcome. Carly. I was just curious <laughs> if you had any advice as to how to decorate your home in like a sustainable manner I feel like I'm always just looking through Facebook marketplace and going to thrift stores and just trying to find used things but I'm not not the best at like revamping things that have been used so just was curious if you had any advice thank you love you guys so much love you love you first of all that's so sweet wow and well it's all things that I like yeah take it Um, away so I think first of all my like most practical advice is to like have a Pinterest board of what you want your style to be so like even on my Pinterest I have like my home board and then that's broken up into like bedroom bathroom living room kitchen whatever so I know like specifically what I want my design aesthetic to be because I think it's really daunting to walk into a thrift shop and be like what here piques my interest I think knowing basic things I mean for me personally like I really like kind of I like a mix of like timeless and mid-century modern so like I like things that are kind of like storybook cottagey but also I really like like white and gold and bohemian and so I know that when I'm walking into a thrift store 
I am only really going to be looking for things that are either like in like a good silhouette that I can paint a color that I really like and like kind of do a DIY upcycle on or that already fit that because I think there have been so many times where I've walked into thrift stores and been like that is the most amazing dresser I've ever seen but it's like green and like very structured and whatever and that just doesn't work for my house and I think that's like when you get kind of more of like an eclectic feel which also can be if if that floats your boat um but I would say like painting things is like really good advice I would say just checking lots and lots of thrift stores and not settling um and also I think sometimes the thrift stores have like the most amazing frames so either like paying people on Etsy for their artwork artwork and printing it out for like a dollar or like just printing out quotes that you really like from Pinterest and putting them in these like big one dollar frames from the thrift store it's probably my biggest advice i love that skylar really is like the design and aesthetic Aww, queen that's very sweet also so anything can be a planter <laughs> so <laughs> i would say like reuse things as planters and use a lot of greenery but i love that's that. my two cents well that's a great place to end the podcast wow. uh i hope you guys enjoyed this episode um, be sure to check out our sponsor, Cash App, and use code yeah. C- or use code Unfiltered um, for ten dollars for you and ten dollars for the Trevor Project. Um, be sure to subscribe to the podcast channel. Yeah, and you can get this unfiltered crop hoodie Woo. for forty five dollars on the Curvy Crew. I was going to wear it, and then I was like, "Is it too much if we're both wearing it?" I feel like we're just gonna have to like alternate. You can Who's have allowed next week. to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> I will take it next week. You can have it. Um. Also, next week's going to be really fun because we have a special guest. So I will leave it at that. The most special guest of all special guests. Specialist of the special. (laughs) Um, And we will see you guys next Monday. Bye. Bye.